everyone. Welcome to another episode of Opposites React. Today is, I think, June 10th. <laughs> it's the day before PlayStation experience whatever thing, so that's how I remember it. Uh, 2020. Uh, this is episode 20, I believe, too. Yes, I checked. Okay. <laughs> I didn't even fact check anything. It's all off the cuff. Uh, I'm Sarah, and I am here with Tyler. Hello, everybody. Uh, how's it going? Um, good. Well... You're so explanatory. I don't know. I'm really tired today. <laughs> I feel like I could just nap all day. You were napping before this. Well, I, I mean, you know, after we had uh, dinner, he, our son just grabs his Nintendo 2DS and he says, Dad, come to bed and let's play Mario Party um, Star, 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 what is it? Star Rush or Avenger? Uh, which one's the one with minigames? Uh, oh, they all have minigames. Oh, I know, but like this one's <laughs> just like, uh, I don't know. I, I don't can't remember which one it was. <laughs> But yeah, so we were just, he's like, oh, you know, and they say, oh, let's get into the covers. And like, I'm going to fall asleep in like five <laughs> seconds. And it happened. But, no, I didn't. I, I stayed awake oh. for quite a bit. So, well, because we were sharing initially, like he was, uh, he was like, you can do the dice rolls and then I'll do the mini games. I'm like, oh, that sounds fun. <laughs> <laughs> but sure. So uh, I did most of the rolls until we got the mini game part and then he just took over. And then I think mm. he forgot that I was rolling the dice. <laughs> so <laughs> he boxed me up. But <clears throat> it was good. Um, well, since you already kind of alluded to it in the intro, I was going to bring it up, obviously. Um, big news, I guess, for this week coming up tomorrow is that uh, PlayStation event. Yeah. PS5 reveal. Not really reveal, but like... It's a gameplay, it, they said, so like games yeah. will be announced and such, so... You think like a hard release date gets announced? Or I say a month, maybe. A month, yeah. And a pr- price point confirmed yet? No. No. Yeah. I don't even know if that'd be... An- if you want to get pre-orders, you're going to have to have a price. So, I don't know. People are really... People are thinking they're going to be a pre-order. I think the games will be pre-orderable tomorrow, but I can't see the console. Not unless like Xbox is ready to announce theirs also. So are we? Are we day one purchasers? Aren't we always? <laughs> <laughs> For PlayStation, I would say yes. Usually, um, the, the one the Xbox one we did wait a year. Yeah, we waited for the um, the one without the connect. Connect. Are you? hoping to see anything specific gameplay wise oh i have nothing nothing playstation ever announces like for first party stuff ever excites me so i have nothing to look forward to really i'm just there to see what's going on and be up on the news i'm more looking for there's a there's a a game conference with atlas and sega and and is and xseed and marvelous at the end of the month so that's way more my jam than this is so I'm just I'm just here to keep up with the news. What's the uh, start time on it tomorrow? Four EST. Four PM EST. Dang, I missed start of it at work. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, okay, good to know. You're oh, not looking forward to anything? Um, to be honest, I haven't really been keeping up with what like sort of like the rumors are or what's going to be revealed. Like I don't know. There hasn't been in much in terms of first party stuff. What I'm assuming we're going to see like a Horizon Zero Dawn two reveal, maybe. Maybe. Uh, like what other first party? I mean, obviously, they'll probably have a trailer for Last of Us Two because that's coming out this month, isn't it? But it's not PS Five. No, but just they're gonna hype it up anyway. I mean, no, their... I think this is only PS Five. They I mean, had the well, Last of Us. Well, PS... you don't think they'll say something like they're gonna have a? Uh, it'll be a, Last of Us Two will be available on PS Five. You can you do. You're it. gonna shoot it in the foot before it even launches on PS Four. No, I'm saying they could say like you get like a one of those remember when they had that upgrade thing some games had that upgrade thing when that weird scenario where you had games coming out at the end of the yeah, PS3, but they didn't PS4 announce before cycle. the game came out. Only Xbox is doing that right now, like with their upgrade program. Like that's a selling feature. Unless you're going to make that a selling feature for the PS5, don't mention it. PS Last of Us got its state of play last week. Let it be. 
<laughs> it's coming out, I think, this week. Is it not coming out Friday? I thought it was into June. Huh? Am I wrong? Mm, or it's next Friday. One of the, the launch trailer came out today. Oh. <laughs> so. Good to know. Well, at least um, Animal Crossing news for us, anyway. Uh, yeah, a little bit of success recently with... Uh, we finally got the... We were visiting each other's island. Well, you visited my island. I didn't really visit yours. Well, when I tried it first time, I did visit yours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I've been all around your island, and I tried to... I picked up some fossils that you missed that day, and I put them in front of your house so you'd mm-hmm. see them. And it didn't save for some reason. I don't know what happened, but it didn't save. So... All I know is I checked my mailbox this morning and left me some nasty letters. <laughs> I sent you another one today that was nicer. What's the one that just said clouds in it? It just said clouds. <laughs> and also, you know, the mean message of my bulletin board <laughs> for all my villagers. <laughs> They're all going to move out now. But at least you got your you got your fruits out of me that I you wanted. I got my fruits, yeah. I got a few DIYs from you. I, w- I, I just wanted to be able to send them to you, so I'm happy that uh, we like you have to um, you have to go to each other's islands. But on the online service, you can't do it local. Mm. So you had, so I had to sign up for um, a free <laughs> trial to both go online, so we can send mail to each other. Anyways, yeah. So now I have all the fruits. Now I got all those nook miles. Now I'm happy. I assume it's all you've really been playing the past week. That's literally the only game I've been playing. Yeah. That's it. Don't you dare! Don't you dare give up Persona Five again? You cannot follow. I have literally not played anything else though. Besides. But so they prefer five Animal Crossing. Animal Crossing. Oh, I'm just saying that you got your back to Persona Five at some point. I am. I don't know. So you finish that, you can move on to Xenoblade or whatever's next in your pocket. I just, I just figured that's DOA. Never gonna play Xenoblade. I don't, I don't have much. Help. Well, I mean, I guess the only thing I've been doing sort of new in the last week is I kind of got back into War, Call of Duty Warzone because one well, of my. I don't know if you were in it in the first place. <laughs> No, I know. I've played it for. I guess yeah, you're right. I played Modern Warfare back in the winter, but I never really got into the Warzone thing. Um, you didn't want to download it. <laughs> well, I mean, at the time it came out, I was like, I'm not, first off, I'm not, you know, I know I can just download it overnight, 100 gigs or 90 gigs, wherever it ended up being. But I was just like, I'm already, I was already playing Apex. MLB was coming out. I think it came out around the same time. It'll be in like it was March. Way earlier, but did it come out in March? Warzone? No, I think it came out earlier. Is it earlier than that? I don't know. But I didn't want to get into another thing right now. So yeah, but one of my. Uh, old work colleagues uh, I, well, I haven't seen him in a couple of years he lives near Hamilton uh, but yeah, he just reached out to me the other day by text and we kind of got reacquainted and then he's like uh, he's like hey you, you play, play Warzone yeah, you play Warzone I'm like nah, I guess I could download it and then <laughs> I said I mostly play Apex he's like oh, I don't play that but uh, I'm like, well, I mean, I'll I come can, to you then I'll get into Warzone even though I know nothing about it so I gotta do some crash courses I mean just playing with him he's played uh, I started looking at his stats the other day. It's funny because the other day he was like, I finally got my KD over one. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like something like 1,700 kills and uh. stayed in my death. So he's been playing quite a bit. It's funny how, how different, uh, I mean, obviously every BR is, is a bit different. Like Fortnite and PUBG and Apex, all their quirks and gameplay uh, differentials. But uh, the Warzone is is very different, obviously, for a number of reasons. Uh, one of the ways I find it interesting is that, so again, for comparison's sake, it's the exact same as, as Apex, the way the, the match kind of starts out. You know, you're flying over in a ship, you jump out with your team or by yourself, you know, you parachute. Well, in this one, you have a parachute, so you can kind of like, uh, whereas like when you're dropping in Apex, you're usually just dropping either like sort of straight down at a 45 degree angle or even like straight down at like a you know, 15 degree angle if you're going straight on to something. But straight down 15 degrees. It's <laughs> not straight down. 
Four fifteen. Oh, five. Five degrees is like you're going la- You're horizontal. Oh, so you want more like uh, sharp edge of my head. It's not ninety then, is it? Ninety is straight down. So ninety. Wow. What's Your that? plane is flying this way. If you're going straight down, that's 90 degrees. What's that called in school? Trigonometry or yeah. something? Yeah. I was never good at that. Okay, fine. Let's just say, okay, fine. So usually you want to go like a 45 degree angle. Okay, there you go. Yes. Or you go like a 90 if you're dropping straight down. If you yeah. have to jump late or something. But So in this one, in, in Warzone, when you jump out of the plane, um, initially you're sort of just like free falling down at probably like a 45 degree angle. But then you can pop a parachute to obviously kind of like float down. Like when you need to pop parachute if you're trying to float somewhere it's like a thousand meters away but then you can also like cut your parachute and then dive down again and redeploy the parachute and cut the parachute oh, so it's okay. one of those things you have to kind of like maximize your <laughs> and even like the, the first few games i play it's hard to stick the landing of i believe the game has a setting on by default where if you just if you just kind of like fly straight down to the ground without popping your parachute at all it will sort of auto deploy when you get down to like 10 meters from the ground okay um so but you don't splat but i think if you would deploy it once in the air and then cut it again it will not auto deploy i learned that the hard way because i was just flying towards a roof and i'm like ah i'm going in a little faster and then splat yeah so at least in this game the nice thing is when you die you get sent off to what they call the gulag you get hauled away there's a little animation which you can skip that plays you get hauled away to some little prison like uh it, it, it's exactly it reminds me exactly of and for the inspiration for it of the, the shower room from the movie The Rock it's exactly what the gulag looks like you have a small enclosed area with a bunch of like broken shower uh, areas and so like a lot of hidden cover in the area the idea is you're having a 1v1 battle with somebody else who's also died and if you kill that person you get a second chance so you, you, you just get sort of redeployed into the air and you're falling with your parachute again usually above not exactly above where you died but usually above where like it's not going to drop you it's not going to have you fly over the, the poison area like in this game, they have like a poison gas cloud, whereas in Apex, it's the ring closes right. in hurts. So in this game, it's a it's a poison cloud that damages you. <laughs> but now, so if you so if you fly in again and die like an idiot, like I usually do, then your teammates you don't get a second chance in the gulag, but your teammates can essentially bring you back. They can respawn you by spending cash. Now in the game, there is there's ca- there's little piles of cash everywhere, just like lying on the ground, like with all the rest of the loot. But that's small amounts, like five six hundred dollars. Like it costs forty forty five hundred dollars to respawn somebody. Okay. So really, your best bets of finding a huge cash, aside from killing enemies, if you kill an enemy, all their loot drops on the ground. You can take their cash wherever they had on them at the time. But also, when you land, usually one of the, when you're landing, at least this is my friend's strategy. When you're landing, you usually want to go for an area. There's areas on the map that you can ping. They took the ping thing from Apex, like most BRs probably will nowadays. And Fortnite did it first, I think they stole it. But so you can choose where you want to land in in Warzone, and usually you ping an area called Scavenger, where there'll be three little uh, caches, like uh, loot um, crates that you can find in an area. Usually it's within like you know a two hundred meter square area, so they'll be spread out in like a little triangle formation kind of thing. So I mean, ideally, you'd want your team to probably land close to one, so you guys can stick together in case you get jumped. But then you could also spread out and hit all hit all the boxes at once if you wanted to speed up the process because basically once you get all three of them i believe you get something like like you don't share cash either right it's all individual oh. you can drop cash for your friend so like if your friend is two thousand you have three thousand and he needs to spend five thousand to, res- to respawn someone then you can just drop your cash for him so he can do the transaction right but i think when you get all the caches at the beginning of the game you get something like ten thousand cash so oh. and usually the first thing you want to do now th- another differentiation between Warzone compared to Apex and, and Fortnite and stuff. At least I'm sure I'm not 100 sure on Fortnite, so don't quote me on what the gameplay is even like in that game anymore. It probably changes all the time. But um, <clears throat> so in Call of Duty Warzone, just like in Apex, you know you land and you want to scramble and try and find a gun and armor stuff as fast as you can. But uh, when you get enough cash, you need to get ten thousand dollars in cash to call in. You call in a loadout drop, and that's when you can actually so you can 
before the match, you can preset your loadouts in the menu. So if you want to have your specific perks, your specific guns to start out with, oh. attachments, all that stuff, um, which is very useful, obviously, uh, because sometimes you land and you get like you know a really basic shotgun or a really old sniper rifle. And actually, that's the new meta in the game. I've learned uh, at least what my friends told me is that uh, if you're really good at sniping in Warzone, it's ridiculously overpowered. Like you don't see sniping as much in Apex, just because of the the, the movement of the gameplay, the size of the map, stuff like that. Uh, I mean, obviously you can snipe in Apex. I'm just saying it's not usually the meta. Like the, but in this in, in Warzone, it's <clears throat> if you get a decent sniper rifle with like a really good scope, and because uh, the, the bullet drop doesn't seem as bad in this compared to some of the guns in Apex. Like um, my my friend, his name is is Corey. He he can usually hit guys pretty consistently from like four or five hundred meters away with a sniper rifle. Hmm. So if you're good with it, like it's um it's pretty lethal. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I've never been good at sniping in, in any like FPSs usually, especially Call of Duty games. So uh, I don't think I need some time to adjust to that. You just go for like the uh, the, the light machine guns, like the big guns with the hundred bullet clips. So I could just like constantly hold down the. Usually that's a good strategy for me actually, because he usually says to me, "Take this silence LMG, and then if we get, if you see an enemy, just like lay down some suppressing fire, trying to pin the guy behind cover, and then we'll flank him." Right. So you know, it has your. Um, it does have a little more variety in the, the team sizes compared to something like Apex, where Apex pretty much just has uh, duos and, and trios. Uh, in, in Warzone, you can you can go solos, which I haven't tried because it seems like that would be a disaster, <laughs> given the size of the map and the fact that everybody's probably way better than me. I don't really want to jump into solos right now. Uh, but there's solos, duos, trios, and they even have quads. So now uh, my friend says quads is probably the hardest because it just seems like when – well, obviously it's hard to – if you're a team of four, you got to be really coordinated because if, if you come up with another team of four – where even half of them were coordinated, they're easily going to wipe you out. Teams of three seem the most balanced. Um, like Apex. Yeah, exactly. Three's the magic number. Does this have ranked? Uh, no, I don't think it does. Uh, I know they were supposed to have their their season four thing was supposed to come out last week, I believe. Right. With everything that's going on in the United States right now, uh, they kind of pushed back the release. I think it's supposed to come out, if not this week, maybe next week. Saw something about it on Twitter earlier, but so like again, like Apex, they have their own battle pass thing. Uh, you know, unlock your uh, gun skins, character skins, uh, that kind of thing. So, yeah, like I said, I mean, Warzone is definitely not going to jump to the top of my queue. I'm still going to be playing MLB and Apex over it, but it's a nice diversion when I want to jump out with my friend and have like a very different gameplay experience compared to uh, compared to Apex. Especially when there's like, like vehicles and stuff involved, it's kind of like a, kind of like, right. a, kind of like a light battlefield feel to it. We can jump in helicopters and jeeps and traverse the map. It's crazy, actually, how you know, like in, in Apex, the um, like the the ring has different stages. Obviously, it yeah. does more damage as it as it goes on, as the match duration goes on. So the first ring in Apex is kind of a joke. You can easily survive the first ring if you have a med kit or even a few syringes. Yeah. First ring in Warzone is no joke. <laughs> like we landed in one area the other day, and we, we looted for like maybe it, it starts pretty quick too because the map is so big at Warzone. You have a lot of ground to traverse, hence the vehicles. So we landed in one part of the map to do the whole, um, we call it scavenger thing to get all the the loot at the beginning of the game. And then my friend looked at the map and he's like, "Oh, I screwed up." He's like, "I screwed up with this drop bad. We're gonna die." And I'm looking at the map. I'm like, "Why?" The ring says it's still like two and a half minutes out. And then I looked at looked at how fast the ring was moving. I'm like, "Oh my gosh!" I was like, "Is there a vehicle around here somewhere?" So we started booking it. And uh, you know, just like in Apex, obviously you run faster without a gun in your hand. So I just dropped my he's, my friend's like, "Drop your gun." I'm like, "But I like this gun. Just drop the gun." <laughs> so I dropped the gun and we're booking it. I can see this ring coming on us. And then uh, we got enveloped. As soon as we got enveloped by the ring, I'm pretty sure. Um, I died in like 10 seconds oh. <laughs> in the first ring. I was like, wow. This, yeah, you really got to 
be cognizant of where you are position wise in this in this game compared to Apex where you can be like, yeah, the ring's coming, no big deal. <laughs> and this map is like one massive map of like a lot of other multiplayer maps stitched together. Yeah, I recognize some of the other maps from uh, older Call of Duty games. It is pretty cool seeing that uh, a lot of variety in the map. But nothing, like it, it's stationary, it's just how it's made, right? Yes. Okay, Yes. but it's only one. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so like I said, it's, uh, I, I can definitely see why some people like Warzone a lot, although... I don't know, there's just something about even appreciating how different the gameplay is and like it's it's fully functional. Like I've never I don't think I've had any uh I mean this might be more of an internet thing anyway, so I haven't had any sort of like server issues with Warzone since I've been playing it, I haven't had any weird like matches load in pretty quick and uh they do that thing that Fortnite does where like um when you start up a match they kinda of drop you into like a training lobby mm. where you just kinda of shoot around and screw around with each other. I know. Because Apex matches usually like, load so quick. Yeah. Uh you don't really need that. So, um, what was I say? Uh, but uh, so, but for me, like with Apex, it, it comes down to the gameplay. Like the the movement speed in Apex is unparalleled. I'm not even talking about like it's smooth. Yeah, I'm not even talking about like the Pathfinder grappling and octane speed boosting and stuff. I just mean like yeah, just the day to day like slide. Like there's a slide function in Call of Duty, but the, it's kind of a joke compared to Apex. Like if you're trying to slide down a hill in Call of Duty, your guy rolls for like three seconds and stop by well, a rock he's a human where you well, i know i get legends. that and exactly but yeah yeah the the gameplay in apex to me and again i'm probably biased i put probably thousands of hours in apex but i don't think that movement speed is going to be it's just different cod is cod yeah. people love cod yeah yeah it's definitely way more grounded like i we've so again i've probably played the total of like 20 warzone matches with my friend and we've i've already had three wins He's like, your win ratio is really good because, <laughs> because obviously I'm playing with him and he knows the, the good tactics, right? So, like, him and I were playing duos the other day and we literally just, like, again, like, you could do an apex. It's a viable strategy. We kind, of, we kind of, like, skirted the edge of the map, like, stayed on the edge of the ring so that it was behind us and nobody could really kind of, you know, flank us, right? But we skirted the edge of this map in Warzone for the, ma- like the matches in Warzone. If you win, it probably takes, like, over half an hour. Uh-huh. Like they're way longer than apex matches. Uh, but we kind of skirted the edge of this map and we were trying to be smart about third party because again he was sniping and stuff we were trying to be smart about third party so eventually we came across this hill <clears throat> where the ring's getting really small now my friend's like okay there's gonna be like because you, you tell again the corner of the map tells you how many players and, and teams are left he's like okay, there's four teams and like nine guys left so or seven guys left sorry it's like duos uh he's like so we're gonna let's, let's wait for them to start engaging and then we'll just go third party which again is, is a viable strategy in, in apex as well i'm very familiar with it but so yeah we went over the edge of, uh, edge of this hill and uh uh, took out this team and then it's like you know just said we're Warzone victory on the screen right and I'm like yeah the uh, I don't know but it's I guess because of the way that I've won the matches so far in Warzone they don't really feel as satisfying as winning an Apex match usually there's something about that feeling in Apex especially if you pull off a 1v3 it's so like your heart your heart gets going in Apex and Call of Duty I don't feel it as much I feel the game's very much more like I said it was grounded a lot more grounded and, mm-hmm. and realistic so I'm always worried when I'm like like at least like because like in apex you know you don't have uh cute costumes <laughs> you you have cute costumes in apex you don't have in cod yeah like in call of duty i'm literally like i'm going prone so i'm on my belly crawling right. crawling across the hill because i don't want to get sniped in the head or anything right yeah. like in apex is no prone yeah. you're just like crouching behind a rock or something but yeah so very different gameplay styles but uh, i can appreciate the differences and yeah so that's that's all i got to say about that uh I kind of ran, ranted on that a lot more than I expected <laughs> to. But probably the, that's probably the last time you hear me talk about Warzone unless I have some other really funny experience to share with you. But uh, Do you want to uh, 
discussed a movie or two. Oh, hang on. Sorry. Before I, I, I was totally going to jump to my Netflix little list thing, and then I totally forgot that you and I watched a movie yesterday. I know. For like the first time oh, in a year or something. And it's a movie that you haven't seen oh, no, before. That's a lie. We watched Knives Out. <laughs> right. But you've heard, you've heard this movie I, before. I usually listen to it. Yeah, movies. usually you listen to stuff in the background when I watch it, but this first thing you actually sat down and, and like watched it, and, and you probably have to appreciate the whole story. Yeah. As opposed to, it's not what I remembered in, in mm-hmm. my head. So. so the movie in question is called Zodiac. We talked about it a couple weeks ago. Yes, because again, it came out in the great year of 2007. <laughs> 07 was like the golden year for movies in the last couple of decades. So many good movies that year. And But this one, I feel especially Zodiac was really snubbed when it came to any kind of war recognition. Again, because 07 was so good. You had like, you had like No Country for Old Men. Like, Another like, Adapted. The, yeah, like There Will Be Blood, yeah. 310 to Yuma, uh, Assassination of Jesse James, all these like great... It was like a really good year for like Westerns and stuff. Yeah. This wasn't a Western, obviously, but I'm just saying like it, this movie... I, I, I'm trying to remember when Zodiac... I did see it in theaters back in 07, but I can't remember what time of year it came out. I want to say it was probably late fall. Like, it was definitely in that Oscar like season, I think, but it just got kind of over it. But honestly, I think it's a great film. Uh, one of Fincher's best. It's one of his most overlooked. Like I said, David Fincher, like for your... Do you, off the top of your head, do you, can you recall any movies he's directed? You've probably seen some of them. He's, he's had a really good f- filmography over the last 20 years or so. 25, no. 25 years. Um, so famously, David Fincher, uh, the ones you've heard of, at least probably he's done like uh, Fight Club. Yes. Panic Room. I've heard of those. Um, uh, uh, the, uh, the Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. I've seen that one. Uh, uh, Social Network. I've seen that one. <sighs> I know. He's... Um, Definitely missing some great ones. He's got such a good filmography. I'm definitely going to miss a couple here. But What did he do after Social Network? I felt like he did one more. Oh, he did the... Um, he produ- Did he produce... He produced the first couple of scenes of House of Cards on Netflix. No, I'm not thinking of that. Uh, oh, he also did uh, Manhunter, that other Netflix series I like. You know, the oh, yeah. F- the one with the FBI uh, behavioral. I have to catch up on season yeah. two. Yeah, so his... Uh, why am I missing another big one that he did? It's going to drive me nuts. Yes, it will. Anyways, but so Zodiac is about the uh, serial killer, like the, the Zodiac killer who t- kind of terrorized California and San, San Francisco in the uh, late 60s and 70s. Well, late 60s, early 70s. Like, yeah, late 60s, early 70s. I mean, well, yeah, the, the timeline jumps, not jumps, the timeline of the movie is very, it's chronological, well, but it, it, it's, it jumps. That time. Yeah, like there's a lot of. I read that about you a lot. There's a lot of moments in the film where it'll be like, you know, this it'll give you a date on the screen, July nineteen seventy one, and the next screen will be like two months later, and then eight days later, and then yeah, in the beginning it's like that too. It, 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 yeah, to show the passage time and stuff. Yeah, but uh, yeah, and it's it. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if you felt this way. Like it's not a short film. It's definitely it's no. over two and a half hours, but it didn't really feel long. Like it's paced no. really well. It's intriguing. You're always wanting to see what's going to happen next. Yeah. I like how the movie shifts between the. I guess you could say like there's like three main characters in the film, and they're played by like, in my opinion, three main characters, and they're played by like Robert Downey Jr., Mark Ruffalo, and Jake Gyllenhaal. And they I sh- think Robert Downey Jr. doesn't have a big role. Uh, in the beginning of the film. Yeah, but he falls off like a. He rock. does. Yes. <laughs> what I mean is that the movie goes through phases. Like you're you're you deal with uh, Robert Downey Jr. quite a bit in the beginning of the film. Uh, his story inter- inter- interweaves with Jake Gyllenhaal as they work at the same newspaper in San Francisco, although different departments. And uh, and then eventually you get meet the Mark Ruffalo character, who's like the cop uh, assigned on the case to uh, solve some of the murders. And then, the, but towards like the last third of the film, is pretty much all like Jake Gyllenhaal's story. Like he becomes part. He becomes the one who takes over the investigation, yeah. sort of, because the, the other the other players drop out for various reasons. Robert Downey Jr. gets fired, goes on a kind of a bit of a bender. Uh, Mark Ruffalo's character just gets kind of taken off the case and he has other things to work worry about 
So uh, Gyllenhaal, whose his, his character is a cartoonist in the film, he works in the newspaper as a cartoonist, but he's very he likes he likes puzzles. So he's one of the first ones who tries to crack the uh, zodiac ciphers at the beginning of the film, like his riddles and stuff. Um, so he becomes obsessed with the film in the in the last third and, and trying to track down into, uh, people who know about him and might know about the uh, identity. Yep. So uh, anything particular that you, you liked didn't like about the film, like. Not really. Like I, I like the whole story. I would like to read the book it's based on, mm. kind of thing. Like if there's any other tidbits that were not included, which I'm sure there is. Oh yeah, it's got to be some kind of details. I mean, as, again, as much as they try to cram like a almost three-hour film here, there's probably some stuff they got left out. But I, I, I think I said this before, but man, what an unsatisfying but right ending. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is just like, oh, okay. The story had to be told, but it was just it's painful. Mm-hmm. The uh, I remember when I saw the film in theaters. So especially at the beginning of the film, they do show in quite a bit of detail some of Zodiac's first couple killings. Um, he didn't have that many. No, no. Like over the course of the film, he's linked to like over over a dozen killings, but then it's revealed that he's kind of taking You've credit for some killings. He maybe did like yeah. Uh, so and he usually seems to be targeting couples at the beginning of the film. Like younger couples uh the one that uh i'm not gonna spoil the details of it here because it's something that really you should be seeing for the first time with no kind of context but uh the one i'm going to mention to you near the beginning of the, it's in it's in the first half hour of the film i think uh the, the killing at the lake yeah with the couple that one got quite a reaction out of the audience that i was with really yeah you don't think it was shot in a very visceral way it just felt real it wasn't like you know it wasn't overdone like a michael bay would do it it wasn't there there's was just no i felt it was real like it could happen right and because i read uh read a thing on probably on like wikipedia or something yeah well it wasn't an article it was uh <laughs> just a thing i passed by a thing i read it but they because obviously like this film is based on the book of like the character that jake Gyllenhaal plays in the film his name is robert graysmith and that character in real life he wrote the book about the zodiac and that's what the screenplay is based on right so it seems like Fincher, who is very notorious for being thorough about his films and everything being sort of uh, realistic and... True to form. Right. Uh, apparently he spoke with some of the... He would have spoken with, in that case, the survivor of that murder, the man that survived that murder, and he asked the guy if the guy was... Man, a, to I know. That. So, so he, the, they literally brought this guy to the set and said, okay, like, what way were you facing when this happened? Because this guy was like laying on his belly, he was tied up, and then, you know, and the guy even said, like, uh, when the killing started he had to like look away um and that that was captured perfectly in the film uh yeah it's just i don't know it's one of those even if you go on youtube and 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 look up that clip it's the comment section is usually about people that are like whenever i watch this movie i have to like skip this part because it just feels too real too disturbing (laughs) like the way it's filmed it's because i think i'm just so descended oh yeah no i definitely like i said i didn't have the reaction in theaters i was like wow this is fincher's going hard on this one like this is a uh pretty like it's it's you know is Again, I'm desensitized because you think about watching films in the 2000s like Saw and all the uh, torture films and Hostel and stuff like that and the Eli Roth stuff. But if you watch something like this where it's a, it's a grounded, it's a true story, obviously, and you see two people get murdered in a very brutal fashion. And you're like, yeah, the camera doesn't cut away. It's just very point of fact. It happens in broad daylight. <laughs> it's like, yep. <laughs> yeah, I did, I did find it uh, interesting that the uh, director didn't want you to get any backstory about the people that were killed. Like, yeah. it was very, um, what's the word? Oh, my gosh. 
very deliberate. Yes. That he didn't want you to get attached. It was just about the Zodiac, mm-hmm. which I don't know. I, I don't know if I would have preferred it the other way to be like sad about the people that died or if I would have just liked it being so um, focused. But I didn't like I think it could have gone either way and been fine. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it's not in the book. <laughs> uh, what else can I say about it? Having not probably seen the film in a few years since the last time I watched it, um, when I watched it with you the other day, I was impressed more with um, like I always I I really like Jalen Hall. Jake Jalen Hall as an actor, um, and again back in '07 he was still pretty raw. Like he's been in a lot of stuff since then. Prince of Persia. <laughs> Why is that the first thing that comes to your head? <laughs> Prince of Persia. That was like over a decade. was a decade ago, I think. This was more than a decade ago too. Yeah, but I'm just okay. But he's. Uh, he really impressed me in, in the second, uh, last third of this film when the, the focus really shifted to him because, um, well, again, it's a testament to Fincher how way he directs his actors too, but the way they made him look just, uh, he got kind of manic about the whole investigation. You can see in his, his like obviously the passage of time has happened, like now a number of years has passed. He's, he's He looks a bit older, not dramatically older, like he didn't give him gray hair or facial hair or anything like that, but just like in his, they made the job with the makeup, make him look tired all the time. His eyes always look tired. He usually had a little bit of stubble going on where he wasn't like shaving. He was just sort of like, didn't have time for other things like he has a it was consumed oh yeah oh yeah uh so yeah he his you sort of felt his desperation towards the end of the film when he's like the only person he in his opinion he thought he's the only person who really cares about trying to solve it anymore everybody else had moved on uh he keeps trying to involve the mark ruffle character in it because he was on the case and, and they have some good back and forth banter a few times when he's sort of like indirectly leading him to other people that can help He'd be like, I can't help you because it's an ongoing case. I can't tell you to go talk to this guy in Vallejo and his other sheriff and try and get info out of him. So it's really cool the way it all develops. Um, man, I tell you, though, I, I, every time I watch a Fincher film now, I've shown you that YouTube video. Yes, a while, I like, know. You know what I'm referring to? Yes. You can't, you can't unsee it now. There's something just so deliberate about the way he films the movement of actors, and I love it. Like, when a character, if Jim Hall gets up from his desk and walks over, like, five feet to go talk to Downey Jr., the camera gets up and follows him with the exact same pace, then when Jim Hall stops, the camera stops. And when Jim Hall walks forward to talk to another character, the camera moves in with him, and then it stops when he stops moving. It's just he like... He must use the same crew every time, because that would be a pain in the butt to learn. Oh, yeah. But it's just something very cool. It just draws you into the... Because this movie is, like, 90% conversations. Yeah, it's just dialogue. There's not a lot of action going on. It's, there's you know a lot of CGI or anything, so you're just you're captivated by the conversations and the, the story. So that's a testament to him. I don't think a lot of the directors could have pulled off. A, you could have made this story very boring. Yeah, <laughs> like for two and a half hours of talking. Yeah, yeah it does great. So I'm glad you watched it. I'm glad you liked it. Um, yes. I think I mentioned to you that we've alluded to it. I think another podcast I mentioned to you that maybe the next film we should watch together is that one called Spotlight. Unfortunately, it's not streamable anywhere. Yeah, of course, it's off Netflix now. I'm pretty it's, sure I it's watched. It's been off Netflix for two years. I looked it up. What the one I watched it on? I <laughs> guarantee you, I watched it on some streaming service earlier this year. No, because it hasn't been on one in Canada, at least. Like, what did I watch it on? Was the whole thing on YouTube? You know what? It might have been on. This one might have put it on YouTube, and I think they got around copyright because of the fact that it's sort of a Bi- like a real life yeah, thing right thing. almost like a documentary thing but not exactly yeah. well who knows the rules nowadays man. exactly everything. yeah but yeah well i'll like I said, i'll i gotta bring animal crossing back to that entertainment <laughs> here anyway so maybe i'll see if i can grab a copy of spotlight from there we can watch it well we're at that point of the podcast now where we probably could start talking about another, i don't think we really need to go into the netflix list thing now I wouldn't really feel like a good segue is there anything else you want to talk about before we uh 
Not really. Don't think Nothing anything else happening. coming up in the next week or so. That's PlayStation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, slow month. Yeah. Remember I told you the other day that 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 new one of the, a new release came out on Netflix and uh, it was zero percent zero percent Rotten Tomatoes. Which I'm gonna double check now. I'm curious if it's probably been out for not quite a week yet, but I'm curious if it still has one percent. Yeah, like someone always, some there's always one critic that's gonna be. I like, loved it. Best thing wow. since sliced bread. Yeah, I think it's called "The Last Days of American Crime." If I remember the title correctly, it's based on a graphic novel. I think. <laughs> this is a lot of I thinks. Yeah, I know. Well. <laughs> what do you know, Tyler? It, it's still, it's, it's, I think the a few more reviews, man. So yeah, it's still at zero percent. <clears throat> Sorry, zero percent uh, with twenty-seven reviews. Isn't it just supremely boring? Yeah, like it's that's the main problem here. Like this movie is, according to the synopsis I'm looking at here, it's it's 148 minutes. You're talking almost two and a half hours, and apparently, very little action in the film. What action is there is really choppy and just terrible, right? Yeah, it seems like a, an interesting premise that was really wasted with some decent actors, uh, but a terrible director. Like why why would anybody? Like this is the guy who directed, uh, just to name a few. Uh, he directed Taken Two and Taken Three. He directed another movie called Columbia Columbiana, which is like an action film set in well, Colombia. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's got a female sort of uh, anti-hero behind it. Uh-huh. But uh, yeah, Taken Two and Taken Three. The the way this guy films stuff is it's very choppy editing. The fact the fight scenes are, are incomprehensible. Um, and apparently, this one's just more so of the same. Don't have any. Yeah, exactly. Cut just cut out that part. Uh, yeah, this seems like something that's straight to Netflix for a reason. <laughs> Probably was never on the theater budget even before the whole COVID thing happened. Mm. So that's kind of disappointing. Um, I saw a trailer today actually on, on YouTube for a new Amazon movie. I assume it's a movie. It's, it's always hard to tell with Amazon trailers because they'll just say original Amazon. So like, does that mean it's a series or a movie? How often do they do movies though? What? How often do they do movies? Well, I mean, they just like they buy the rights to a movie. Like if a small studio or, you know, it's not going to be a theater movie. Then Amazon will just buy the rights to it like Netflix would, right? But So this one is uh, – it looks like a – the trailer doesn't give much away. It seems like a very basic premise. Uh, it stars uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. He's uh, – what do you know him from? In the in the last – in The Dark Knight Rises, he was Robin. He was the, the – the... Robin's in Dark Knight Rises? Ah, <laughs> uh, there's spoilers. Uh, uh <laughs> Third Rock from the Sun. Does that help you at all? No. no. Uh, I kind of know him from something else. I know him from a lot of movies. I'm trying to think what you know him from. Ah. No. Just say I fail. Move yeah, on. Yeah, okay. Anyways, well, some people out there will find what I'm talking about. So <laughs> Joseph Gordon-Levitt is the, the the only pretty much the only name actor I think on this one. He seems like a very small cast, maybe even like a European cast mostly. Uh, so he's apparently a probably a pilot or a co-pilot. It shows him in like a 747 cockpit. And I think his girlfriend is like a flight attendant or something. Uh, the movie has to do with it, but like a plane hijacking. So I think the thing the movie is called seven zero zero five, which is apparently is the code for like hijacking. Oh. Uh, so uh, yeah, the movie just sort of the trailer is very basic. It just sort of sh- sh- sets up this premise that uh, like I said, he's he's a co-pilot. I think uh, his uh, flight attendant uh, is you know the plane's getting ready to take off. Or it's probably already in the air. I think when this happens, but people some 
probably terrorists or whatever trying to storm the cockpit. And of course, he the cockpit is locked from the outside. He can't get in. So the, they th- threaten to kill his girlfriend or some other passengers or something. And, and I think at some point, probably the pilot gets shot because it looks like in the trailer, like he's the only one sort of piloting the plane. Something happens to the captain. They don't tell you what. So it seems like one of those sort of like uh, probably like a small budget film. Like it pretty much probably takes place in this small cockpit area or even on this parts of the plane in general it's probably like an hour and a half type movie i can't imagine they draw this premise too much but i don't know it looks somewhat intriguing it's just going to be like a i don't know how much you can really stretch that premise out with okay there's a hijacking on a plane you can't let the guys in the cockpit they're probably gonna play a lot of mind games and try to figure out ways to you know disarm the or take the hostages out without crashing the plane or something like that i don't know i mean these, these movies were done quite a bit i think in the early 2000s there's a lot of those movies that came out at the time with plane hijackings and unfortunately like you know post 9 11 yeah. some movies were based on the, the true story of that subject and then some were just more dramatized so yeah like i said it's uh probably the only like, you don't see a lot of new trailers nowadays obviously because not a lot of new movies are coming out i mean obviously not in theaters but even just like on netflix and amazon there's not a ton of new content movie wise so every time you see a trailer i kind of piece my interest a bit and see eh, maybe i'll keep an eye on that see what the reviews are like i did see today that quibi is now officially chromecastable yes i remember you sending me that link but today is the day oh today is the day okay does All that right. make you want to watch it more no, I kind of moved off it to be honest. Um, it's funny the other day when you sent me that thing, I reminded myself, oh, when is my um, 90 day trial <laughs> thing? Like, I got to turn off my auto renew or whatever. <laughs> so I think it was supposed to auto renew like at the start of July or something. Mm. So I turned it off. Six ninety nine a month or whatever it was going to be. Yeah. Like I said, I really just, the main reason I signed up for that show in the first was I really wanted to watch that one series, yeah. which I already mentioned here before, The Most Dangerous Game. Uh, huh. I know, it's funny. Huh? Just talking about that in Zodiac huh? the other day. That was funny. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I I'm sure there's probably some more original content on, on Quibi that I haven't really caught up, kept up with. But yeah, like I said, I just I, I got too much other stuff to do right now. I ain't got time for. <laughs> okay, don't even lie. You're too much stuff to do with MLB <laughs> and Apex. <laughs> and now I got Warzone out of the list too. So uh-huh. there's one more thing I gotta worry uh-huh. about. <sighs> You're making excuses. Well, I'll say something. At least this podcast has uh, tonight has reinvigorated me a little bit. I'm definitely not sleepy anymore. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> I'll probably go play some Apex now. I didn't, play, I didn't play yesterday at all. And uh, yesterday was the... Remember every Tuesday now, there's new uh, hunts. Oh, yeah. The, the events the come quests. out. The quests, yes. Like I tried the new one from yesterday. Just to get some more story lore. <laughs> mm-hmm. How long do those go on for? There's supposed to be nine of them. Mm-hmm. I think this is the f- fourth. Is it fourth? This is the fourth of one of these hunts. No, I think it's the fourth. You sure? Pretty sure. Because they didn't release one the first Tuesday. I'm pretty sure it's the fourth. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We'll find out. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, everybody. Well, until next week, thanks for listening. Stay safe out there. And uh, hope you do something fun the next week or so. (laughs) Why not? Don't don't, don't be like us and just... (laughs) I mean, there's nothing wrong with playing the same games over and over. Like, honestly, I'm okay with my MLB and, and, and Apex Loop. You know, there's times there's times I'd like to play other things, and then I just, my brain's like, nope. But for you, Sarah, you... Well, calling me out. I am calling you out. You need to play something besides Animal Crossing. I need to. I want I, that your goal, before we do this podcast next week, I want you to tell me that you've made some more progress in Persona 5. I turned it on and moved. Killed the <laughs> person that got more experience and got it off. Or that you've... And you're not even playing Picross anymore or anything? No, I haven't played it. Literally, only thing I've played is Animal Crossing. I mean, at least we still play Dang and Rompa together. That's, That's true. Yeah. We'll try and get some more cool content for you guys next week. What's uncool about this week? 
Mr. Warzone. Uh, yeah, I feel like my Warzone talk wasn't great. <laughs> I mean, because again, people who are listening who have probably already played or heard of Warzone probably already know what I'm talking about. I didn't give you any new information other than my experience from it. So, I'm trying to be more creative next week. <laughs> like I said, again, thanks for listening, everybody. Stay safe, and we'll see you next week. Boys. Bye.